Welcome to Beyond the Show, the podcast home of all things Cannabis Conference. My name is Eric Sandy, and I'm the digital editor of the Cannabis Group at GIE Media. It's late January, which means that February is right around the corner, which means the Cannabis Conference registration is about to open. Yes, February 1st, head on over to the redesigned CannabisConference.com to get our very lowest rates for the show. We're going to have a lot more announcements coming soon, including our schedule of education sessions across the three days of Cannabis Conference. We've got some live webinar events along the way to tee up the topics that we will all address out in Las Vegas, August 23rd to the 25th, of course. But in the meantime, go check it out. Cannabis Conference is underway. The planning is here. Registration is open. More info coming soon. Sign up for the newsletter. There's a lot more coming your way. It will be here before you know it. Back to the podcast, though. This week on Beyond the Show, my guest is Rhett Jordan, the founder of Native Roots in Colorado and something of a pioneer in the industry. While he left Native Roots as an executive about four years ago, he's remained on board as a partner. But as the cannabis industry in the U.S. has steadily grown from the early days of adult use in Colorado to what it's become, with more than a dozen states having legalized recreational sales, Rhett has a great vantage point on the market trends and regulatory evolution of this space. Now, he's off to Massachusetts to helm a new vertically integrated cannabis business. And we talked about what that is and much more. So please enjoy my conversation with Rhett Jordan. Well, thank you so much, Rhett, for joining us this week on the show. Very glad to have a chance to talk with you about your own background in the industry, as well as some big plans that are on the horizon of course, you know, here we are at the start of a new year. Uh, a lot of the interviews we've been do- doing recently have gotten into some big plans for 2022, and I'm very eager to shine a light on what you're up to. And it seems in some ways that uh, a lot of roads are leading toward Massachusetts and, and generally the East Coast after working quite a bit in Colorado. Could you sort of set the stage for us and talk about what some of your plans are out East? Yeah, Eric, thanks again, and I appreciate you having me on and uh, looking forward to telling you all about it. So. You know, after a solid, uh, you know, run in Colorado, which I'm still uh, in love with and will always be my hometown and home state and home, you know, first real love of my life, Native Roots, um, found myself eager to try to bring and legalize cannabis in the East Coast. So I joined uh, forces with a gentleman named Joey Volatico out in Massachusetts, and we began the licensure process about two years ago. Um, applying for host community agreements, working with the state, understanding the regulations, getting used to kind of what is the first, uh, in my opinion, scaled uh, legal market in the East Coast. And it really has been just a, an awesome experience kind of watching the, the regulatory process shape like it did in Colorado and the whole industry out there shape like it, it kind of did out here. And it's it's been kind of a uh, almost like a fast forward of, version of what we experienced in Colorado for what's happening out there due to a bunch of different reasons. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I I feel like in many ways um, the Mississippi river sometimes divides the development of cannabis markets. You know, you're seeing markets develop on the East coast, maybe in a different way than they had uh, in earlier years out West Um, and Massachusetts, like you're saying is sort of the prime example of that. Um, Just while we're sort of in this, uh, while we're talking about this right here, could you maybe elaborate on the host community agreements? I know we've done a lot of reporting on that. 
in Canada's business times, but it does seem like it's not only a huge part of the process in, in Massachusetts, but it also gets back to that idea of, you know, some local oversight that, you know, isn't present in every market, but seems to be more and more important. You know, in Massachusetts, they're very local centric and uh, they definitely want each community to feel like it is engaged and it has control over its own uh, fate. So they've given the uh, municipalities the right to have uh, host community agreements, which one, allow them to kind of vet and, and, and really provide more insight to the towns about who's coming into the town and what their plans are. Uh, two, it engages the town on a financial level where uh, 3% of gross sales actually go towards that host community agreement and that town you're in from the company. So it, it does create a, a, a bit of a partnership with the town in regards to working through all the regulatory hurdles and in really getting these larger facilities and retail stores open, which can be very challenging for an operator at a lot of times. So it, it, it is a it's a it's a it's a different model than what we've seen in Colorado. Um, there's been ups and downs to it for us as operators. But, you know, I think that ultimately Massachusetts has done a good job getting uh, getting its market uh, launched and, and actually keeping it safe from an oversaturation perspective. Yeah, so of course you're in conversation with uh, the local municipality to say nothing of of the state and all sorts of other uh, partners that, that come into the picture when planning a new venture like this. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, the new concept that's coming together in Massachusetts now? So many people know me from Colorado and Native Roots, and, and I had a, a big hand to play in the the obviously formation of the company, of the, you know, the original founding partner, and bringing kind of the newer, modern kind of branding and look and feel of events and excitement and, and kind of more lifestyle, culture, um, experiential uh, marketing to, to the play. And really, that's what I wanted to bring uh, to the East Coast with me. And, and, I, and I thought long and hard about how I wanted to enter the market and, and what direction I wanted to take it. And really, with, with COVID being the way it's been and with our lives kind of being restrained, I, I really wanted to bring the recreation and the fun out of cannabis. So I chose to go a route that has always been near and dear to me um, and incorporate a musical angle to it because I always find that, um, you know, the two pair very well together, creates a very nostalgic experience and really allows for the consumer to relate and enjoy the product line and the product that they're using um, by creating memories and, 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 and experiences that, that, allow you to kind of relate to the products. So um, I chose to go with a brand called Greatest Hits. Um, it is going to be uh, all music, all weed, all day. Um, <laughs> we're, going, <laughs> we're, going to, uh, we're going to really lean into a lot of the cool and different product lines that are going to be emerging in the industry through a lot of these different artists and athletes. And uh, we're also going to be making and creating our own brands and lines that will also uh, have different influences involved with them and, and, and authentically uh, in a way that really brings the artist and the consumer together to kind of share experiences. Uh, I think that's kind of what we're missing. So um, my, my goal is just to create something that's going to be fun for the consumer uh, and have better quality products and more consistency than, than what we're seeing in, in a lot of the East Coast markets right now. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of what you're saying there sort of strikes a chord with me. Just, you know, as, as cannabis as an industry has gone on to become more sophisticated in many ways, more normalized, certainly, um, there is this, I guess, opening question of 
where, you know, what do you do with the cultural context of cannabis? Obviously that has a lot to do with music and, uh, you know, what have you, all sorts of other cultural interests. Um, but sometimes it gets set off to the side or maybe it's, you know, just pushed off uh, and not thought about too much. Uh, and certainly there's plenty of other angles to get into with cannabis. Um, but what do you, have you noticed similar trends over the past X amount of years, um, whether, whether in Colorado or elsewhere of the industry sort of struggling to interact with the cultural context of cannabis, if that makes sense? I mean, of course, and I, I think I see it in a lot of different businesses and industries, but specifically in the cannabis business, it is hard to think uh, about those angles while you're while you're fighting to uh, get through all these regulatory hurdles, building these scaled businesses. It, it's very hard to kind of break yourself out of the stress and the boxes of operating to kind of be able to incorporate that kind of experiential um, thought process into your into your program. So it is definitely something that has evolved with me over the last decade plus of, of experience in the industry. And it's something near and dear because, you know, when I when I look at the uh, consumers that I'm, I'm trying to appeal to, um, you know, I, I'm trying to appeal to them in a, in, a, in a way that actually makes them enjoy their life better the next day, increases the value of whatever I'm bringing to them uh, of their lives. And, you know, I think the cannabis industry has, has gotten a bit sterile over the last few uh, you know, years as kind of MSOs and large scale private and public companies are coming to the table and trying to expand so fast that they're not able to focus on their consumer experience. So I, I think we've taken a little bit of a different approach and we're going to focus market by market on, you know, really activating internally in the communities and making sure that we have a, uh, you know, a little bit more of a, of a, a personal and, and cultural approach to, to cannabis. Yeah. I mean, it, it is interesting. There's a lot of, uh, I guess, sources of tension in the industry. And I guess, you know, anywhere you look in the industry, you'll find examples of that. But, um, you know, getting back to uh, the mission at hand, it, it strikes me that Massachusetts seems like a, pre a pretty good cultural fit here. I mean, it's a, it's a nice uh, melting pot. Uh, and it's a, it's a small geographic market, at least um, in terms of just uh, you know, the size of the state. What are what have been some of the maybe challenges of getting into a new market like this? And this this could be literally just um, uh, on the regulatory side, or even maybe more business focused. Well, on a uh, on a Colorado guy moving to Massachusetts level, uh, pronouncing all of the uh, local uh, jurisdictions and, and towns has been a a very interesting challenge for me. But besides that, honestly, it's been very welcoming. Um, all of the people I've met in, in, in my community that, I, that I've moved to down in, in Dudley and in Webster, Massachusetts have been very welcoming to us. Um, we've had great experiences. Fortunately, my partner, Joey Velotico, and his family are, you know, third or fourth generation uh, Massachusetts, you know, residents and have lived down in the town where we actually are building our main production facility in Dudley, Massachusetts. Um, and so we, you know, we've, I've gotten a, 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 to, to know how it works there and to know how it works in Massachusetts pretty well over the last two years. And, it, you know, the, the, there are challenges and transitions because there's different markets and different, you know, honestly, the, the, the market is kind of so new and, and infant in its infant stages still that there isn't a lot of variety yet on the market. It's just kind of beginning to come to fruition where you actually have choices as a consumer and you're able to start to decide which brands or which companies are the ones you want to go to. And I think that that's 
kind of the, the changing point in a market when all of a sudden consumer education becomes a focus, product quality becomes a focus, and, and it really helps push the standards of the industry to the next level. Yeah, the, the brand development, the competition there, the variety, those are such interesting aspects of, of the markets. Um, and to your point, uh, you see a lot more of that out West where there's just been more time. Um, but from what you've been gathering and, and learning in Massachusetts so far, I guess, what are some of the high level, maybe sales trends, whether that's, you know, different product categories that might be selling well or different types of genetics that might be different from Colorado? I think, I think you're seeing a lot of the, uh, of the genetics coming from the West coast, starting to filter their way into the Massachusetts market. Um, which is becoming a trend and people are becoming educated on mostly because um, they taste and smell better <laughs> and they have higher percentages, not just because they're branded, but because it's actually good product. Um, you're seeing a lot of vaping um, and a lot of flower usage right now in Massachusetts. And I think a, a big sector that's going to take, take shape over the next year to two years, just like it did in Colorado, is the extract uh, market and looking at more extracts and, and, that, and that side of things. I think that that's been kind of the slower uh, accelerating market because the prices are just very high right now, um, mm -hmm. specifically on the quality products. I mean, you're looking at a, a much larger, mar a much larger uh, margin for the consumer to pay for, an, for a gram of extracts out there versus in Colorado or California, for example. Sure. Um, you know, one question I wanted to ask about a, a new venture like this in a new market is about team building. And of course, you've mentioned Joey a few times, uh, you know, having ties to Massachusetts. Um, but in terms of putting together a team from the, the top on down, uh, what are some of the maybe keys that you've learned along the way? Or what are some of the things that you're hoping to do uh, when you're putting together a team in a, in a totally new market? Well, experience is the best teacher, and it drives my uh, influence over who and what what members I want to bring on to my team. And, and I've been fortunate enough to have, be surrounded by some pretty amazing people throughout my career that have kind of lent themselves to me for this project due to its its scale and, and really all of our excitement to get out to the East Coast and help legalize in the East Coast. So when starting with a team, I mean, you really want to start with uh, you know, and, you know, a strong essence on, on leadership and on people that are here to help educate each other and, and, and are going to work hard to, to build an atmosphere and a culture within the company um, that has the ability to scale as fast as we scale these companies. And that is really the challenging part is you can have a lot of successful people in the room and they won't get along and it doesn't really work. Um, so really building that company culture and creating an environment where they feel safe and respected um, is, is the key to it. It's not necessarily always the players. A lot of times it's the culture of the actual uh, game that you're playing with them that, that allows them to excel at the game. So, um, yeah, we try to create an environment that is uh, welcoming for all, for all of our, our, our new staff and, and really um, – it's hard in this industry. We're all moving very fast. So there's going to be turnover and there's going to be experiences where um, things don't work out. The key is, have you set yourself up for uh, success when needing to deal with those tough situations? Are you able to um, say this isn't working and move on and, and maintain a relationship in, in a good, in a good manner. And, and I think that we've done a great job with that at native roots over the last decade. And I think that, uh, it, it shows now in my new enterprise as well. And, and we really 
emphasize employee health and, and employee uh, comfort as, as our top priority. Yeah, you know, I know the word experience certainly can mean a lot of different things, but in terms of just pure work experience, um, how important has it been in your experience in the industry to have folks who have previous experience in cannabis, meaning, uh, you know, again, from, from sales folks on up, uh, are you seeing a lot of people coming into the industry from outside or are they gathering cannabis industry experience and staying in the business as far as you think? I think you see a, a bit of both. And, and I think that I, I enjoy a bit of both because mm -hmm. I am not looking just to recycle employees in this industry. I, I like to build and, and train and educate uh, new assets and bring them into the industry. And that's really what the industry needs is consistent growth. So, uh, I, you know, I like to balance my hires so that I have some that can help train the ones that aren't. And, uh, you know, it really is a balance where you have people that come in from other industries that bring a knowledge of wealth and other aspects. And then people that have been in the cannabis industry for five, 10 plus years who, who may not have those business acumen, but have every understanding of every product and plant and, and system within the industry. So having a balance of both of those and utilizing them to cross train each other in a lot of regards has been a very good success for our, for our, our system. Yeah, and certainly, um, you know, uh, it takes all stripes to to get this industry, you know, where it's going. And we're talking about Massachusetts here, but of course, there's all sorts of interesting East Coast, mid-Atlantic markets that are slowly coming online, um, or at least going from medical, maybe flipping over to adult use in the coming years. Just curious, uh, you know, whether whether this is involving greatest hits or not, maybe just from your own personal perspective. What are your, some of the more interesting markets that might be capturing your eye this year or in the future? You know, I think we we moved to, to Massachusetts to, to really put our, our flag down and create an operational scale business that would allow us to, to branch as necessary through the markets as, as we found opportunity or potential partnerships that, that made sense for our operational team. Um, you know, there are many exciting states, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, all the way down the eastern seaboard, all the way to Florida, I think, is, is on our radar at the moment. I don't know that um, we're ready to speak about which ones we're actively pursuing, but I think it's mm -hmm. fair to say that uh, anyone with kind of the operational capacity and the love of cannabis like I have is keeping his eyes wide open right now. No doubt about that. Um, well, in the, in the short term here, Rhett, what are... Um what are some of maybe your goals or what's uh, what's next? Of course, we're talking here in, in late January, um, but for the, the next few months, what are some of the things that you're working on or, or hoping to accomplish? Yeah, well, we're getting ready to launch our first retail at the Dudley, uh, at the Dudley uh, Mill Factory um, location, which is going to be launching probably middle March to end of April based on, um, you know, regulatory processes that are out of our control, but are underway. Um, we're then looking uh, just to focus on our full construction, which is taking place at both our other two retail centers. One is in Taunton and one is in Lynn, uh, Massachusetts, and also just building out our, our cultivation and manufacturing facilities, which um, are set to come online probably first quarter of 23. Awesome. Well, I know our team is definitely eager to follow along. This is super exciting news. Uh, one thing I did want to circle back to, Rhett, just because it was baked into the conversation is, is music. And just out of curiosity, 
uh, any any favorite bands or anything that you're sort of eager to to spotlight uh, now that you've got this venture? You know, we have been in the works and talks with probably a handful of my favorite artists and people I think will represent us and the brands well in Massachusetts. I'm so excited to share those and potentially on our next podcast, I can, I can give you the launches of the, of the first ones coming out, but there are some very, very exciting names coming and um, music has always been my passion. We have uh, a couple of local venues at, around our different locations we'll be working with to do a Greatest Hits concert series over the next year or two years. And you're going to be seeing a lot of cool announcements coming. So as soon as I have them to release, I will, I'll be feeding them to you as quickly as possible. Awesome. I'll definitely stay tuned. And, you know, just as you were saying that, uh, as I guess maybe one summary note, it reminds me that I, I saw a bunch of data in 2021 about um, the Gen Z market, which, of course, is, is now sort of aging into legal cannabis, you know, they're turning 21, uh, however many young adults are turning 20, 20, turning 21 every day and, and getting into this market. And a lot of them uh, here, I sort of sound like an old man, a lot of them base their buying decisions off of um, music and, and artists and, and influencers, I guess would be the word. And so it, to me, it seems like a, a super interesting intersection here that you're talking about especially as I think the key is going to be using those, those, those key influences, but then combining that with education uh, mm -hmm. to help really give cannabis the new look it's going for. And we've all been going for in this industry and trying to bring it into a, a more modernized uh, recreational, uh, you know, substance versus an alcohol. I think that utilizing the influence and really having that influence be able to speak at, you know, on an educated level will we'll, we'll really lend a lot to the new generation. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait. Uh, I'll be following along and we'll definitely keep in touch. And, you know, in the meantime, Rhett, thanks so much for joining us this week. This was great. Absolutely. Appreciate you, Eric. Thanks for your time. And that's a wrap on another episode of Beyond the Show. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rhett Jordan you know, it's fun to, to look ahead to what's going on in Massachusetts and to just talk about that fantastic intersection between cannabis and music. It, it really is so important to many of our lives, and it's great to hear echoes of that out in the regulated industry. It's a huge part of, of the context of cannabis, like he and I talked about. You know, again, Beyond the Show is continuing. We've got a lot of episodes lined up for the next few Fridays, a lot of cannabis conference news that we're very excited to share. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, the redesigned CannabisConference.com is live. And depending on when you're listening to this, uh, February 1st is when registration will open. So make sure you head on over there. Sign up for the newsletter because we've got a lot of news coming relating to Cannabis Conference in the coming weeks. You know, it's going to be August 23rd to the 25th, Paris. That's on the Strip right in Las Vegas. Late summer. And here we are in late January talking about that and getting ready for it. It sounds like it's far off in the distant future. As we all know, time flies in this industry. So make sure you check out CannabisConference.com. Stay tuned for all sorts of fantastic announcements. I know behind the scenes here, we've been very busy and there's great stuff that we're ready to unveil to our past attendees, future attendees, speakers, exhibitors, everybody who's been involved with Cannabis Conference over the years and everybody who's looking forward to Cannabis Conference 2022. It's going to be a good one. In the meantime, here on the show, we're going to continue going beyond the show. So stay tuned Friday mornings for plenty more interviews coming your way.